0: Today on Locked On Canadians, we're continuing our season preview content and today's going to be your betting guide for the season. We're going to talk about the Canadians, obviously. We're going to talk about players, but we're going to talk about the division and the league as a whole. And that's all coming up with a special guest on today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily
1: podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 694. My name is Laura Sabal, also known as The Active Stick, and you'll notice that I'm not joined by my wonderful co-host, Scott Metla. Unfortunately, he had a personal emergency, so we have a very special guest who's stepping in to provide us with some information, some insight. I'm very, very excited about this. Please welcome Jack Bond, the NHL betting analyst for Paramount Sports. Jack, how are you doing? And thank you so much for joining us today.
1: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it was our, you know, where I live. It's our first real full day of, of fall weather. I woke up this morning; it was 55 degrees, and it felt <laughs> fantastic, which means hockey's right around the corner. So I'm happy to jump on and talk about the Canadian season, along with the rest of the NHL, and, and how some some listeners and some viewers could can make some money this year.
0: And that's, that's one of the things that I'm really excited about this episode four is because I don't know anything about betting really like I'm sort of a novice. Uh, I know everything I know is from our sponsor bet online. Uh, and so I know that a lot of listeners would want to know, in, you know, have inf- information and insight I know we're going to focus a little bit on the Canadians at first, and then we're going to go into the division and we're going to go into the league as a whole. But I think one thing that I do want to ask you real quick is how did you get into this <laughs> and how did you realize you're good at it?
1: Uh, you know, it's actually a pretty funny story. I am a licensed attorney and um, my last year of law school in particular, you know, you kind of get that, that last little bit of the, the senior slide, I guess, that you know, last year where you kind of give up a little bit or you're not paying as much attention <laughs> in class. And for me to pass the time during class, I was betting on sports. I bet on hockey and baseball pretty well. I bet on American football and and UFC very poorly. And I realized I had a little bit of a knack for betting on on hockey and baseball. So uh, a mutual friend put me in touch with Lee Sterling, who oversees the whole operation here at Paramount Sports. And, and, you know, luck would have it. He needed a a handicapper for the NHL and for Major League Baseball. And it just worked out. Um, I was still, you know, prepping for the bar exam uh, during COVID, passed the bar exam during COVID and, and the job market just was, was still pretty dead. So uh, this was an easy <laughs> way to kind of get involved in the sports betting world. Never thought this would be where I would, I would be spending my professional career part of it, but here I am. And uh, we're having a, we're having a whole lot of fun with it. So this is year three you know- now of doing it. And, and we're, uh, we're looking to keep up the last two years.
0: That's really, really interesting, because that's around the time, the amount of time that Scott and I have been doing this podcast, like we're going into year four. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into is how inconsistent the Canadians have been over the course of the past couple of years, right? And we know, I think all the listeners know, we're being realistic, the Canadian season as a whole isn't going to be, you know, a world beating season. It might not be as bad as it was last year. We're not really sure. That's why we have you on. So why don't you share your thoughts about the team as a whole in general?
1: Yeah. So I'll give you a quick rundown of where Vegas sees uh, Montreal finishing in terms of Stanley Cup odds, conference division, and even their season point total. So just to start off, they're 150 to one to win the Stanley Cup. So they have uh, just about the longest odds to win the Stanley Cup. They're not, they're not projected to be dead last in those odds. They've got Arizona and, and Chicago behind them. But um, that is a very low risk, very high reward bet if you're really thinking the Canadians can make it back to the Stanley Cup or even win it. Uh, they're 75 to 1 or plus 7,500 to win the Eastern Conference uh, that's that ranks dead last in the east as I said Arizona and Chicago are the only teams who are who are longer shots to to win the Stanley Cup and then 66 to one to win the Atlantic division that's hundred dollars to win uh, six thousand six hundred dollars so if you really like them as a long shot to win the division this year in that loaded Atlantic division uh, then you can go ahead and throw some money on that uh, the other the other bet and one of the more common bets um, for for NHL bettors is their over-under on their season point total. So Vegas puts these out every year just along with their Stanley Cup and conference and division odds. They also have their over-under on points as well as their odds to make the playoffs. Um, Montreal's season point total is projected at over or under 71 and a half regular season points this year. Now that's a 16-point improvement from last season when they finished with 55 points. You're looking at about 31, 32 wins uh, if you're just going based on last season's standings, that's about where a team with, with 71 or 72 points would finish uh, last year. And, you know, that makes sense, right? We can get into kind of more of the analysis itself in a minute, but it does make sense, right? They were on a 71-point pace uh, when uh, after Martin St. Louis took over uh, for the last couple of months of the season. So, you know, Vegas is expecting the Canadians to kind of continue more of the same that they did with St. Louis last year. And, and I t- I tend to agree with that. Um, you know, one, one more common bet that people make and one that, uh, that Bet Online has provided odds for is their odds to make the playoffs. They're also 14 to 1 to make the playoffs or plus 1,400 to make the playoffs and they're minus 3,300 to miss the playoffs. So you've got to wager or bet quite a bit of money uh, just to win a little bit if you think they're going to miss the playoffs this year. And uh, if, just as, in terms of my outlook on the team, you know, there are a lot more storylines coming into the season for this team than I expected, even from an outsider's point of view. You know, I know Montreal gets so much media attention along with Toronto up in Canada, but even in the States, to an extent, we kind of overlooked how much is going on here. And we can get into it more in a minute, but you have St. Louis and you have Ken Hughes taking over their full, first full season, uh, you know, manning the team in the, in the front office. You have Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki taking over as captain, a pretty young captain as well at that. Um, you have the, the question marks around Sean Monahan and Kerry Price, whether or not they're going to play at all this year. I know I've heard, you know people have heard mixed rumors about both of them, um, even Monahan potentially being available available for game one of the season. So I, maybe you have more insight on that for me. Uh, you also have Kirby Doc coming in from Chicago, a highly touted prospect. Obviously, Chicago is in full fire sale. I don't even know if I want to call it a rebuild yet because it seems like they're just selling everything off for the, for the near and long term future. I'm curious to know if he's going to be stuck at the third at third line center position uh, for Montreal this year. And then, of course, uh, the first overall pick. You're going to have to help me with his name, but if I understand it, it's Slavkovsky. Is that right? Does he...
0: Slavkovsky, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm getting there with that one. I'm sure a lot of hockey fans are too over here in North America. I'm curious to know where he ends up this year. That's another one I want to get into in a minute. Not necessarily where he starts. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have to work his way up the lineup. He'll probably start on the fourth line, but I think it's going to be very telling uh, where he ends up at the at the end of the year, if he's getting some top six minutes in that forward group, I'm very interested in that one. So that's kind of your overview. You know, we can get into the details and all of this, but just in terms of the betting odds and, and things I'm looking at uh, as far as the Canadians go this year, that's there's a couple of them for you right there.
0: And we are going to get into the specifics in just one moment. But first, speaking of betting, our sponsor is BetOnline.net. And as you know, it is your number one source for football betting info this season, as well as NHL betting, which is what we're here to do today. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including mlb mma boxing and golf is at betonline.net so head over there or use your mobile device to learn more BetOnline online is where the game starts and for us today the game starts right here and we're talking to jack bond uh the nhl analysis for paramount uh, analyst <laughs> for paramount sports um and i wanted to ask a little bit you know we said we were going to get into some specifics as well because i want to talk about some players right one of the bright spots in in all of these seasons where we're having you know we're watching night in and night out losses. You know, there was a lot of improvement under under Martin St-Louis, but you're still looking at a lot of losses on the team. You're kind of now starting to look towards the future of this team and look at specific players. And, you know, one of the things that fans are doing are sort of taking comfort in the fact that some of their young offensive talent is starting to take shape. Um, And I know that right now, the biggest question mark in Montreal, I would say, personally for me, isn't even how many wins. It's not where they end up. It's what does the defense of this team look like? And I'm not seeing a whole lot there right now. And I know things, I think the hope is that things at the end of the year look very different to things right now.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sure every Montreal fan agrees with you. And, and as somebody uh, who's, who's down here in the States and who knew the Montreal Canadiens growing up before I even knew much about hockey or even the Nashville Predators, which in, in, in Nashville where I'm from and where I live, the Canadians were always kind of a mainstay, at least just as a well-known team. They're iconic. And whether they were struggling or not, they were still a well-known team. The defense scares me this year. You know, to be to be quite honest, uh, I was down on this team last year. I, I thought the Cup appearance was a little bit fluky. Uh, but I look at this team as it's constructed right now, this year. I do think, you know, just getting into what I would bet personally on the Canadians this year, I think they could hit the over 71.5 regular season points. But I have to ask the same thing you did are they really going to go with this defensive group all season? I mean, Shea Weber is already gone, but then you lose, lose Alexander Romanov and you lose Jeff Petrie and you probably replace them with Mike Matheson and Madison Bowie. I mean, that's not ideal, right? It's not. And if I'm just looking at how I'm betting Montreal Canadiens individual games this year, at least early on, I'm looking at taking the overs in a lot of their games and even taking the Canadians team total overs. You know, you, in the NHL, you typically see those at, over under two and a half goals, over under three and a half goals. Pretty early on, I think this defense and the goaltending is going to be shaky again, unless Jake Allen puts together, you know, some of those other worldly worldly performances we've seen him do before. Um, but this offense is just—it's going to be better, and and it has to make up for that defensive group. Um, kind of segueing from that, uh, just aside from the defensive group specifically, I worry about a guy like Nick Suzuki. Uh, we brought him up earlier, but he's got so much thrust on his shoulders early on in his career he's got the captaincy he's got the the first line center position obligations now it feels like they want him to be kind of the best possible combination between a, a philip Dano and a thomas placanik but he got shredded in the defensive zone last year along with the rest of the team sure but he's going to have to improve defensively to help out that defensive group you know, does 70 points and, and maybe being a penalty kill anchor satisfy Canadian fans this year? Do they need more from him offensively and defensively? I, you know, if he touches a point per game, I think you have, you have to think this team is maybe even competing for ninth in the East or even a wild card spot, and you're certainly happy. But anything less than that, and and, and the struggles he had in the defensive zone, you know, when you don't have a Petrie or, or you know, in limited time, a Shea Weber to help you out back there. Uh, He he can he could be exposed. And that's something that Canadians fans have to worry about, especially if they don't have, you know, those safety valves back there to to help him out. So the defensive group is certainly going to scare me. But that's why you have these opportunities when you're betting on sports to bet on a total amount of goals scored or on a total amount of goals for the Canadians specifically to score. You know, if you really like them one night, but you just don't know if you can trust the goaltending situation or, or the defensive situation, because I don't think they really have a true number one defenseman right now, maybe not even a number two, then you can bet on the team total over two and a half and sometimes they over three and a half. So those are some areas I'm going to look to take advantage of, especially early on this year when, when you've got all the momentum and you've got all the excitement of the new head coach, the new general manager, and, and obviously some new players to kind of play around with as well.
0: So I'm curious because we're going to turn our attention a little bit to Slavkovsky because I wanted to spend a little bit more time on him. You know, Nick Suzuki is definitely, I think for me, the key player on this team this year is Nick Suzuki, right? But one of the fun things to do is sort of speculate as to what kind of a season Slavkovsky will have. Right now, they haven't specifically either assigned him to the AHL or said that he's going to start in the NHL. I think they're going to give him a really good look in the preseason. One thing that we talked about a lot on our podcast is that he's still quite a raw player, right? And there are players that have been drafted last year or in his draft class that might even have a better shot at a a good rookie season. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on that and if there's anything that people can do, if they really want to kind of explore the Slavkovsky angle when they're betting.
1: Yeah, and, and you know... Luckily for Canadians fans, if you're looking at the long term future, even if he does get assigned to the AHL early on, you're not expecting to compete this year. So you're not in any rush to call him up. Um, you're not you know, you're not forcing yourself to be patient with him either. I think, you know, if anything, when you do if and when you do call him up, you just want him to be in the right situation. So they ha- they're at their own leisure here. You know, it's 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 one of the kind of hidden features of not expecting to be competitive this year is, is being on your own timeline. Um, Obviously, the fans can get frustrated, and I get that, but at least for this year, he can get some NHL and AHL experience under his belt uh, whenever they please, really. Now, he's, you know, just in terms of betting on him, there's not going to be a lot of over-under props on a player's number of goals or points when they're a rookie, Uh, but he is 16-1 to to win the Calder Trophy for the Rookie of the Year, so that's plus 1600 if you bet $100 and he wins the Calder Trophy you're winning $1,600 right there. So it's a pretty good long shot uh, preseason. Now, you look at the guys around him, Jake Sanderson uh, is at 18 to 1. And, and Jack Quinn is actually, actually has the same odds at 16 to 1. I would expect a, a Sanderson would probably get more NHL ice time this year. But whether he gets as much national exposure and, and, and attention uh, remains to be seen. You know, he is going to be behind Thomas Shabbat. And Slavkowski is obviously going to be in Montreal, where where there's always going to be a media presence. Again, it's just a matter of whether or not you anticipate him getting enough ice time this year to even compete for that trophy. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I really liked Marco Rossi at 14 to 1 to win the Calder Trophy, because he's going to be on a competitive team. But it also seems like the, the closer and closer we get to the regular season, the more it sounds like he is locked in a roster spot, at least for the first month or two of the season. You don't necessarily hear, about, hear that about Slavkowski. So that's, you know, it's, it's a bet I would stay away from personally, but he's a guy that can help that team down the road. And, and when you have young players on this team, especially a first overall pick in a city like Montreal – He's going to come out there and he's going to be busting his butt in in March and April when they're probably going to be eliminated from the playoffs. And that's why, you know, I, that makes that over 71 and a half points in the regular season. Interesting, this, this Canadian team has a ton of players with a ton of reasons to be motivated, including Slavkovsky, to to play out this entire season and not kind of mail it in come February or, or March when when the team is probably eliminated and, and you're 20 30 points behind the Tampa Bay Lightning or Toronto Maple in <laughs> to a minute but it's it's a gauntlet of a division so you know the individual player awards you you, you kind of hope that if you're going to take a long shot bet on a player like Slavkovsky or Or a guy to win the Rocket Richard, for example, um, you're you're hoping and expecting his team, you know, not only him to be healthy, but also his team to be competitive. And so that's one that's pretty much the primary reason why I would stay away from that bet this year. Uh, But then you look at other guys, there's a couple other guys, at least Cole Caulfield specifically, who uh, does have player props or futures on his total numbers of goals and points as well he actually Cole Caulfield's actually actually 66 to one to win the rocket Richard this year for the most goals in the NHL and and the books have set his over under on total goals at 31 and a half so if you think he's going to score 32 or more this year I tend to think he will Uh, you can take that over 31 and a half and if you think he's going to struggle or or he might deal with some injuries again this year you you can take that under but let's be honest that's just not as fun so that's what about. <laughs> and then another guy I'm always interested in is Caulfield. Uh, I would be interested in that over 31 and a half goals as well.
0: And we're going to turn our attention to sort of the rest of the division and the rest of the league, and that's all coming up in just one moment. All right, I wanted to ask about Maddie Veneers because if I don't, then Scott will not forgive me. <laughs> um, that's his dark horse for the season. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's an interesting pick to be a dark horse. I'm not too high on the Kraken this year. I wasn't too high on them last year. Um, He did get some ice time, if I remember correctly, um, late in the season last year. So, um, you know, that's always a plus if you're looking at a young player like this. You know, we saw it with Kirill Kaprizov and Artemi Panarin. When they won their Calder Trophies, they already had years of experience, whether it was in the NHL or the KHL. but you're, he's competing for attention and he's comp- competing for points and he's competing for ice time with a guy like Shane Wright and, and a, several young studs on that Kraken uh, roster. So it's a tough one for me. You know, I'm looking at the odds right now. He is third behind Owen Power and Mason McTavish in terms of the favorites here. But still, if you like him, he, he's at five to one. You bet $100, you can win 500 back on that bet. Or, or if you want to play it more conservatively, you can, uh, you can throw $10 on it to win 50 I just, you know, I've I've gotten it stuck in my head, and that sometimes that's a fault of a sports better that that Marco <laughs> Rossi would be my play there, uh, just because that wild that Minnesota Wild lineup seems like you can mix and match quite a bit. Uh, he's got some flexibility to move up and down, but uh, with you know with the Kraken, they've obviously had a lot of players come and go in their first year, year and a half in the NHL, so. Um, uh, Veneers could certainly find himself on the on the you know top lines up there on the power play, getting this power play time. I just I I'm worried that he's gonna be fighting for attention and fighting for recognition with a guy like Shane Wright and a couple of other those a couple of those other youngsters in, in Seattle.
0: I do think that um, the Wild kind of offer not just that flexibility, but that support. You were just talking about, you know, your team has to be kind of competitive to, to help you along with those odds. So yeah. let's get back to the Atlantic um, and talk a little bit about how this season's going to shake out for the division rivals. Uh, it's, for, it's interesting because it's been a big top, topic of conversation, even though the Habs are expected to finish last in the division, is that like, who's going to be at the top? What's going to happen to the Bruins, you know? are the changes that Ottawa made enough to propel them into the next level? Like Ottawa is one I'm really curious about. So I'm excited to hear what you think.
1: Well, just looking at the rest of the division, the uh, Florida Panthers are plus 200 favorites, uh, slight favorites at that to win the division. I was a bit surprised by that. I, I think a lot of the betters, uh, you know, professional betters, and, and a lot of um A lot of people who follow the NHL closely kind of expected them to fall back a little bit this year. It's, you know, for their fans' sake, hopefully I'm wrong, but it seemed like they kind of caught lightning in a bottle uh, and and they kind of hit a dose of reality in the postseason. Maybe that's just me and a couple of other people, but that's how I see it. Toronto is plus 210, so $100 to win, $210 there to uh, win the division. They're right behind Florida. And then Tampa Bay, is. it's really those three. Tampa Bay is plus 275 to win the division um Boston's right behind them at plus 850 you know I am I'm a little bit pessimistic about the Bruins as well this year um it's just kind of like the Penguins how many for how many years can you just keep running it back right you bring Krejci back you bring Bergeron back yes you've got the new head coaching situation and, and it seems like that's going to be uh, a positive for for the team at least but uh, I, just, I, I worry about their forward depth. I worry about their defensive depth as well. And, and you know, while it might not matter for winning the division, I worry about them in the postseason with their goaltending situation. You know The Tuka Rask situation was certainly awkward last year, wasn't it? You know He came back, and they were already had a crowded crease when he came back. So um, that, that's just something that, that kind of was a bit of a red flag for me. And then for the, probably the first time in what feels like forever, the Buffalo Sabres are right behind them at, at plus 2,500 Uh, Ahead of Detroit, Ottawa and Montreal. And And I actually got into a bit of a debate with somebody on Twitter the other day. Who am I more confident in coming into this season between Buffalo and Detroit? I'd have to say Buffalo. I really would. And I think personally, the reason I say that is because to me, they were probably the most improved team in the NHL in the second half last year. Um, they they kind of had a turnaround much like Montreal did with Martin St. Louis as soon as they got the new head coach situation figured out. And they kind of you know, settled in and they got rid of the Eichel drama and they just settled in and played their game. That was a fast paced offense. It was fun to watch probably for the first time in years for Sabres fans. Uh, so anyways, they are plus twenty five hundred along with Detroit to win the Atlantic division. And then Ottawa is actually plus twenty five hundred as well. So those three teams are just Right there, according to Vegas, they're right there, pretty even with each other uh, in terms of their odds to win the division. You know, Ottawa's a fun team to watch. I feel like this—that's going to be a team where, again, if I'm betting on a team this year, betting on their individual games, I'm going to be betting a lot of overs. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Cam Talbot at this point in his career. I don't think he's. I'm going to save that defense anytime soon, but they got an Alexa Brinkett. They got a Claude Giroux, who, in my opinion, looked pretty darn good in Florida after the trade deadline, although they were kind of stymied in the, po- in the postseason. season uh, I think Ottawa is going to be a fun team to watch this year. I don't necessarily think they're going to compete for the postseason. I think if any of those three teams between Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa is going to surprise anybody in the Atlantic, I think it would be Buffalo, Uh, Hopefully they can figure out that goaltending situation. But Eric Comrie uh, coming in in the offseason is at least a guy who's going to push for some starts. And in my opinion, could be kind of a dark horse candidate to to lead them in the second half goaltending wise. But, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you've got the the Canadians at 66 to one to win the division. They're certainly not going to win it. But I did want (laughs) to note it was a respectable year last year for the for the Canadians against the Atlantic. You know, nine, 13, and three against the division. It's not great, but only a minus five goal differential. If you can get that closer to, you know, a 500 winning percentage against your own division, you're, you're hitting the over on that 71.5 regular season points. Um, obviously, everybody pretty much improved in the offseason just in, in free agency alone. You know, the Canadians weren't, they're were probably expected to finish last going into unrestricted free agency. Uh, back in July, but now you look around the division and everyone has improved pretty much. Detroit Detroit went out and got Billy Huso and David Perron, among others. Um, Ottawa got, like I said, Debrinket and, and Claude Giroux. And then Buffalo might not have signed anybody, but I really do think they were the most improved team in the NHL in the second half. So it's not a surprise that that Montreal is expected to finish last out of all those teams. But if they could finish you know, closer to a 500 record against their division and, and keep that goal differential right around zero – uh, I think they're going to surprise a lot of folks. It's just, you know, they that division was already probably the best in the NHL and and, and it somehow got better. So uh, that's something to keep in mind, too. If you're betting on on Ottawa, Buffalo, or, or, or Detroit to maybe make a run at the playoffs or they're over on their points total, keep that in mind as well. Just about everybody got better in this division in the offseason, and they're going to have to face each one of those teams four or five times throughout the season.
0: And the... Toronto Maple Leafs are not guaranteed to have their annual two or three meltdowns against the Habs for absolutely no reason. Um, Just really, really quickly. I'm curious about uh, what you think the worst team in the NHL is going to be because like that is a big thing in Montreal is that they still want to tank. You know, in two seasons in a row, you can be eligible for the first overall and they want, you know, the Canadians to really go for that. You can't convince a coach or players to lose on purpose. That's not happening. So I'm curious, like Chicago is clearly doing everything they can. Um, so I'm curious as to, as to what you think the bottom five will look like and, and, and where uh, you think the Canadians could see themselves at the end.
1: Yeah, you know, going back to what you mentioned, you can't, you can't convince a coach or players to, to tank for Conor Bedard or whoever you want it to be. Um, I think that's especially true with a guy like Martin St. Louis, just knowing his personality, his playing style, and now his coaching style a little bit, you know, he's 45 to one to win the Jack Adams award. He's, which is actually pretty shocking to me as well. He is the second lowest or worst odds to win the the Jack Adams award. He's only 40 to one to be uh, the first head coach fired this year. I don't think either of those are going to happen, but if I did have to put my money on either, it would be to win the Jack Adams because you saw it with Todd McClellan in Los Angeles you might take a team that's probably expecting to be a lottery team, and if you can even compete for a postseason spot, you're going to probably find yourself in the in the top three at least in terms of the the nominees. Um, you know, right now Montreal is ten to one or plus a thousand to have the worst regular season record in the NHL. So that's hundred dollars to win a thousand. If you did want to place that bet and, and you want to maybe hedge your emotions, maybe you know put your own money where the the tank for Connor Bedard uh, sweepstakes are. But that's actually the distant third highest odds, I should say, of, of the, the top teams or the favorites to have the worst record in the NHL. You know, Arizona's plus 100 to have the worst record in the NHL. So they're pretty heavy favorites, almost odds on favorites, to have the worst record in hockey this year, which is, again, not a surprise. Uh, Chicago is coming in as second at 2-1 to one, or plus 200 to have the worst record in the NHL. You know, I I think Arizona is the obvious pick to have the, the worst record, but um, I just don't know what Chicago's doing. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know when and where Patrick Kane will, will, and will leave as long, as well as Jonathan Tays. I think that organization is just in the midst of a dumpster fire that they can't get out of right now. And, and they don't have really any real talent or young talent to hang their hats on either. Um, at the very least, they could pick up some draft picks for Kane and Tays. Throughout the season, I thought, if anything, that would be a summer deal for both of those guys to get to new cities. But if I had to pick one team that's going to be the worst in the NHL this year, I think it'd be Chicago. Um, I know, you know, even if they aren't the worst team in the league, everybody's going to think the NHL is going to rig the lottery in their favor just to get them the number one overall pick like we've always thought. But I I do think they they, (laughs) should have the highest odds to, to, uh, to be the worst team in the NHL. And, you know, I look at a team like like the Sharks i think they're going to struggle a lot this year just with a brand new head coach a brand new general manager uh and and a team that has already gotten rid of to an extent their identity you know trading away brent burns and and letting joe thornton and patrick marlowe walk uh i think that team is is in for a tough one this year as well you know the flyers are are surprising to me they're 18 to one to have the worst record which actually is the same odds as the blue jackets so uh, apparently, Vegas kind of thinks that the Blue Jackets and the Flyers might end up in around the same spot. I have bet against John Tortorella several times throughout my betting career. It hasn't gone very well for me. I think he knows that I'm amongst a, a quite a few people betting against him. And so maybe he does just have a fire to light under uh, the Flyers roster. But without Ryan Ellis and with you know still continuing questions in the goaltending category. Uh, as well as now some injury concerns for Sean Couturier. I think that'd be a good dark horse team to finish bottom five. So if you were just asking me to list them, no order, I'd have to go Chicago, Arizona, uh, San Jose, Montreal, and, and just for fun, maybe the Flyers. I think those would be probably your bottom five this year. I think it'd be for a really interesting draft lottery too. You've got quite a few big market teams and you've obviously got uh, some organizations in some serious flux right now. So uh, those, are, those are some teams I'd keep an eye on. And if you really are interested, maybe throw in some money on them to have the worst the worst record in the regular season over at Online.
0: I honestly, I was surprised that the Blue Jackets were that low because I thought they did a lot to try and improve. Um, they've got a lot of young players that are exciting and then should start with the team this year or at least end up on the team at some point this year. So that was really surprising to me. So what about individual players? Who do you have your eye on? We talked about the Calder odds a little bit, but who do you have your eye on for some of the other major awards and accomplishments?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I talked about Marco Rossi, Um, you know, just as far as the Canadians go, Jake Allen is a hundred to one to win the Vesna trophy. Uh, Again, I'd be shocked, but I, I have been burned by Jake Allen many times in my in my fan career and <laughs> in my betting career, he seems to always have four or five games a year, a season where he puts up 45 saves out of nowhere and, and keeps a I mean, lead offense to, to one or two goals. So, uh, if that's something you're really interested in, if you just have to bet with your heart uh, over over your wallet a couple of times this year, I understand. Maybe that's an interesting bet we, to you. We love him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He seems to be a favorite, and, and you know, it seems like there's just a piece missing from the canadians organization without Carey price there so if you can fill that even to the slightest extent uh, i'm sure you guys will be happy um you know looking just looking around the league um like i mentioned as well with with cole caulfield i, I am interested in that over 31 and a half goals this year um you know he he kind of hit a dry spell until martin st louis came in it seemed and then he was almost at a point per game uh, if, you know if you just remember too back to last year He ranked second on the team Caulfield did in shots per 60 minutes. He ranked third in shooting percentage. You know, he ranked second in power play time. And if this power play regresses positively at all, and if he plays like he did under Martin St. Louis, and he had 22 goals in 37 games under St. Louis, that's a 48 goal pace. So if you just want to kind of extrapolate that to a full 82 game season, it's a 48 goal pace. He's almost up there with the Rocket Richard uh, contention as well. It's going to be no problem to hit that. So if you're a Canadians fan or a betting fan and you like those player props, look at look at uh, Caulfield as well. You know, one name I thought was very interesting to see so high on the heart trophy odds was Kale McCarr. I don't know if I've ever seen a defenseman as high as 14 to one. You know, just looking at the rest of the guys right now, he is the sixth highest odds of any player in the NHL to win the hard trophy. I don't know if I've ever seen a defenseman with that high of odds, but 14 to one, you're still betting a hundred dollars to win a dollars So uh, you're certainly getting good value there. If you like him to, to win it all. Um, I personally wouldn't recommend it just with the amount of superstars and other stars on that team. Uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon could go off for a hundred points and nobody would bat an eye. So uh, it's tough to kind of garner all the attention there. You know, a guy like Alexander Barkov interests me. If, and I think it's a big if, if the Florida Panthers do kind of regroup and, and put it all together again and win the division, he doesn't have Jonathan Huber, Huberto there to kind of take attention away from him. I do think he's individually talented enough to uh, to continue to put up the points in the in the play that he has put up before. I'd be curious about him uh, to win the Hart Trophy. If anybody wanted to argue against me, I'd be I'd be really interested in that. And then another one I looked at as well uh, in terms of the Vesna uh, Trophy, you know, you, you have your, your common names, the, the, the Igor Shesterkins and the and Andre Vasilevskis of the world are the, the odds-on favorites. But then you look down at Ilya Sorokin and maybe even at Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Markstrom, remember, he had that insane number of shutouts even in the first half last year of the season. Um, he's with the Calgary defense that seems like it should be just fine this year. Uh, you know, they, they obviously made the big Matthew Kutruck trade in the offseason and picked up McKenzie Weger there. Uh, he might, if anything, help the defense. So at 14 to one plus 1400 on Markstrom to win the Vesna, I find I, I think that's a pretty interesting one. Again, if the Flames can kind of regroup and maybe compete for or even win the Pacific Division, he's going to get all the more attention. He's going to get all the more you know, acknowledgement. And, and maybe you know he's kind of due for for a Vesna Trophy this year. So there's a couple of individual players I like. Uh, you know, you look at the Norris Trophy; it's a it's a three headed monster there. You're not finding much value on that one either. But you know, Kale McCarr plus 150, and then Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman kind of uh, bring up the the back there. So I wouldn't really uh, find much value on that award this year.
0: It's going to be like that for the next few years, I think. It feels like. Yeah, until until somebody comes up and, and sort of challenges it. I know there's a lot of young defensemen that, you know, two, three years away, maybe we'll be having a different conversation. Uh, last question. Where do you think Vancouver ends up?
1: Oh, Vancouver. God bless I only Vancouver.
0: brought them up because I can't make sense of them, right? You 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 were talking about Calgary, and I was like, I'm so curious. Like, what happens with Vancouver? Like, I don't yeah. I don't know what to think.
1: I, I think the same, I think the same thing. You know, it seems like they tried to put this put together this kind of hodgepodge of experienced players that maybe still are, but at least once were kind of stars in this league. You you have Oliver ekman Ekman Larson, You've got JT Miller just re-signed there. Um, But then, you know, what else is there? You know, Elias Pettersson and and Brock Besser obviously are there, but Horvat has had a couple of down years. Uh, Thatcher Demko is one of my favorite goaltenders to watch in the entire NHL. If he can get some help, that would be great. I don't see them finishing above fourth. In this division, I think Edmonton wins it. I think Calgary sticks around. I think Los Angeles. I think it's the same top three, maybe not in the same order in that division. And then it's really it's Vancouver and Vegas kind of fighting for four and five. Obviously, San Jose, Anaheim, and and the and Seattle are are still probably the cellar dwellers of that division. I don't personally see the improvement that a lot of people have have kind of predicted or forecasted for this year. Uh, I'm certainly, I certainly think they're a fun team to watch when they're on, but I just, I don't know if it's there defensively. I don't. Things and it's just to
0: fall apart, right?
1: Yeah, they do. They really do. It's when they give up one, they give up four. And when they <laughs> lose one, they lose six. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe a, a you know, maybe a, a longer term deal for a veteran like JT Miller can kind of help right that ship. But, uh, it's just, it, there seemed to be a little bit of kind of inner turmoil, there last year as well. I know there were some rumors about Bo Horvat and JT Miller not getting along. Who knows how true they were. It might not even matter. It probably doesn't, but um, where there's smoke, maybe there's fire. I just, I don't have faith in them. You know, I know there were a lot of underlying numbers that supported their regression to the mean this year, and that, that should show that they're an improved team, but do I see more than 94, maybe 95 points this season? Probably not. Um, that's a tough division. That's that's five teams vying vying for for three spots and maybe a wild card spot. Um, I just don't know. I, I I do think the downfall of the of the Golden Knights has been a bit overstated. I think if you, if I were to you know put those two Vegas and Vancouver head to head, I think it'd be a pretty interesting bet to see if you could get head to head odds on who has a better season or who has more points at the end of the year between Vegas and Vancouver. that would be a fun one.
0: That's an interesting one. And this conversation has been really fascinating. Like I said, I'm very, you know, I'm a novice to this. So I've gotten a lot of pointers and I hope our listeners have gotten a lot of value out of this episode. So please, do you have any parting thoughts and please tell people where to find your work?
1: Yeah, you know, Montreal fans, hold on tight. It's going to be a roller coaster that's not going to have very many ups. You know, just looking at Vegas odds again, you got three teams in the Atlantic Division alone that have an over-under points total over 100 points. This year, you got Toronto at over under 107 and a half, Florida at 105 and a half, and Tampa at 103 and a half. So don't expect much, and and maybe everything is a pleasant surprise for you this year. Uh, I know, you know, sports betting and betting on the NHL is brand new to a lot of people. The NHL has just now kind of started to embrace it. If you have any questions at all, feel free to follow me at Paramount NHL, Um, Myself and and Lee Sterling, we are a go 24-7. Uh, We have our website, paramountsports.com as well. If you have any questions about joining us or or getting to know more about sports betting and betting on the NHL and how we've done in my last two years uh, with Paramount Sports, we have been tracked or our picks have been followed on covers.com and and on a leaderboard kind of a 40 NHL sports betters, professional betters. And we've ended up first in the world each of those last two years. So we've had a great couple of years. You know, we had a, a, a max play. Where we kind of grade our scale, our, our bets ten to fifty units, uh, kind of on a spectrum, and we had a fifty unit max play last year on the Arizona Coyotes under sixty nine and a half regular season points. We also had a preseason future on the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup at plus five fifty. So we're looking to do it all over again this year. Um, this year again, if you want to. Sign up, or if you want to just learn more, visit our website at ParamountSports.com. Give me a follow at paramount NHL. You can sign up for our NHL package right now. It gets you all the way through the Stanley Cup for just $797. Uh, Also, give Lee Sterling a a follow at Paramount Sports on Twitter. And if you have any questions you want to talk to us on the phone, give us a call at 800-400-9741. We'd be happy to talk to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and hopefully Scott will be back tomorrow. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast uh, as well as on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow.